Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Yeah, good morning, 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm John Tucker, two hours away from the opening bell. Yeah, let's get you updated on the news you need to know. The aftershocks of the U.K.'s vote to leave the European Union reverberating across financial markets after a weekend of political turmoil. The pound extending its record sell-off. European equities dropping to levels last seen back in February. Italy is considering injecting capital into some lenders after the vote by the U.K. to leave the European Union sparked a sell-off among banks. And Medtronic says it will buy Hardware International for about $1.1 billion, gaining technology to treat heart failure patients. And it's 731 on Wall Street. Let's get news from around the world now. And here is Bloomberg's Michael Barr. John, thank you very much. British Prime Minister David Cameron will meet with members of Parliament. It is his first meeting since last week's Brexit vote to leave the EU. Meanwhile, Secretary of State John Kerry has meetings scheduled in Brussels and London today on the Brexit. Kerry urged Britain and the European Union to work together to calm markets. One West Virginia resident said her community smelled like death. More storms are forecast for flood-ravaged West Virginia. People are trying to survey the damage caused by the flooding, including one man who lives in Rennell. Michael Mitchell commandeered a boat to rescue people last week. I got nine kids that, you know, had to look at me as a father figure and also as a hero. You know, my daughter thinks that I'm the better than Superman. At least 25 people were killed from last week's flooding. The holiday weekend could be very busy on the nation's roadways. AAA says a record 43 million Americans plan to travel this Independence Day weekend. The AAA says with gas prices about 46 cents cheaper than they were a year ago, more families are taking trips this summer. First Lady Michelle Obama and her daughters are set to arrive this afternoon in Liberia for the start of an overseas trip promoting education for girls. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. All right, thank you, Michael. And uh, 7.32 on Wall Street. Now with the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update is Rob Bushka. Good morning, John. Yankees continue their 500 ways as they fell to the Twins 7-1 at the stadium, and they conjured up just two base hits. New York trailed one nothing, entering the sixth when it came unraveled for Nathan Uvalde as he fell to 6-5. and five. He was tagged for five runs. Eight Yankees struck out, drawing no walks. They did take two of three. Doesn't get any easier, though. Best record in the American League comes to town tonight. The Rangers pay a visit. Chichi Gonzalez battling Ivan Nova. Similar tune for the Mets falling 5-2 in Atlanta. No run support for Bartolo Colon, tough luck loss as he allowed just one run in seven innings. Mets still three back of the Nats. They head to Washington tonight. Noah Syndergaard gets the call. Giants have won 13 of 15. Hottest team in the big leagues. A's fell to the Angels. Copa America play. Second time in as many years. Chile beats Argentina in the championship match. They do so on penalty kicks. And that is your NBC Bloomberg Sports Update. John? 
All right, thanks, uh, Rob. And now let's get you up to speed on how stocks are faring. Check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day uh, right here at Bloomberg. In the U.S., S&P futures right now 14 points lower. That's down 7 tenths. Uh, Dow E-mini futures down 122. The Nasdaq futures 37 points lower. That's down 9 tenths of a percent. As we check uh, sterling for you right now, British pound sterling 132.13. That is another 3.4 percent. A decline. And uh, Comex Gold up 1120, 1333.60 right now. You're listening to Bloomberg Surveillance. Welcome back to Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene, special edition from Washington, D.C. today. Later, an interview with former Fed chairman Alan Greenspan. Stocks are grinding lower, we should say. Uh, S&P futures down by 15 right now. The FTSE in London is off 115 points. The pound going for 132.10 at the moment. The low for the day, 131.86. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than 110 million dollars a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's John Tucker. Yeah, let's uh, see what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math, Michael. Baltimore-based Centrexion is developing a new generation of non-addictive painkillers, and hot peppers could play a role. The problem with narcotics is that in treating pain, they affect an area of the brain that registers intense pleasure. Centrexion's drugs are designed to target pain directly without triggering the brain's reward system. The company says it's developing an injectable drug to treat arthritis and foot pain that contains a synthetic version of capsicum, a substance in chili plants. It's the furthest along of five drugs Centrexion has in development and could hit the market by 2020. Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, and other Internet service providers are trying to sway the FCC to abandon proposed privacy rules that would hamper their efforts to use and share customer data for advertising. The rules let ISPs use the data only if users opt in. The Internet service providers want to give an opt-out option and say the rules are unlawful. The rules would apply to ISPs, but not Internet and ad companies such as Google and Facebook. And that is this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Mike. John Tucker, thanks so much. Tom Keene here with Michael McKee in Washington. We will speak with Alan Greenspan, Madeline Albright, uh, later uh, in the, the morning. It has been a blur. Michael, let's do a quick, quick data check before we get to Sir Martin. The idea of futures negative 15, Dow futures negative 129. As you said earlier, this is not the panic of Friday. But nevertheless, we got to do more data checks. Yeah, it's definitely a grind lower on the day. The Ten-year gilt yield in England goes down below 1% for the first time ever, 95 basis points. Uh, We have any number of themes with Sir Martin Sorrell of WPP, but there can only be one theme today, which is how Sir Martin will address his team at WPP and their new world. Sir Martin, good morning. Thrilled that you could take time with us. False pretenses, uh, Tommy. I thought you'd be here. You're in Washington. Well, we were in London. Mike and I have been. Thank you, British Airways. Where are Mr. we, Washington? I mean, we we were going to take a surveillance you know that well. stream. This is advertorial, native advertising. We just well, it's product, advertorial product placement. Yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. come back to Britain. The way things are going, with their data, Sir Martin. We can let's get to Brexit in a moment. Right. What do you tell your leadership at WPP today? Do you just go in and say cut costs by five percent? No, no, no. 
the reverse, if anything. So we say, first of all, we regret the decision because uh, from a personal point of view, I made it quite clear. I thought we were better in than out. But putting that to one side, the electorate has spoken. We, we said our top, top, out of our top ten markets, Tom, four uh, are in Western Continental Europe, ignoring U- UK, which is the second largest market. Germany is number four. France is number six. Uh, Italy is number nine. Spain is number ten. These are really important markets for us. They have uh, GDPs of between two and a half and three and a half trillion dollars each, uh, and they're not going to go away. So uh, e- even given the uncertainty, because we, we may have Brexit-type referenda in Europe itself, but given that uns- even given that uncertainty, those markets are important to us, and we have to increase our p- presence there. Uh, and last but not least, whilst uh, some people have views about Brussels and the bureaucracy and the government there, they're, they're important, and Belgium is important in that context. So those five markets are markets where we will increase our presence. As far as the UK is concerned, we have to see what happens in terms of economic growth. Clearly, Brexit will have a negative impact on GDP growth in the UK, probably the, the, the most significant impact on the EU as well, uh, even X uh, the UK or the EU X the UK, and on the world's economy. I see the Chinese Premier making the comments that he made about the impact of Brexit on the Chinese economy. Uh, it does, does bring, to, bring it home. You've seen other comments in relation to India and Mexico and, and all points in between does bring it home how significant a decision this isolationist decision uh, has been or, or can be. And then we have the uncertainty. I mean, business detests uncertainty. It's the enemy of growth, as you know, Tom. Uh, and we're going to have uncertainty for a significant period of time. Uh, in the negotiation, I think it's inevitable it's going to take a long time. One ex-member of the Foreign Office said to yeah. me that it would take 10 years to renegotiate. This is before the vote. 10 years to renegotiate all those trade agreements that we will have to do on, a, well, on an item-by-item basis. This is exactly where we wanted to go. We just have a minute left, uh, Sir Martin. This is Michael. We, uh, But how long does the uncertainty last? At what point do you have to say, uh, let's just get on with it? Well, uh, you, you have to do that. When you're running a business, you have no choice but to make decisions or – you have to delay decisions as a result. But just look at the uncertainties in front of us. We we will have a new prime minister. We'll have a question about whether there will be a general election. There's a question over Scotland and a referendum. Even question whether the Scottish will block uh, the act of parliament that has to be enacted post the referendum decision. Problem in uh, questions in Ireland, Northern Ireland and Ireland, questions in Wales. Then you switch to Europe itself. Will we have the Spanish results were quite interesting. The electoral results yesterday could seem to indicate a sort of a little bit of a switch from the populist right. the populist trend. Well, but we, we've got an Italian constitution <laughs> national coming coming up in October. Well, Angela Merkel has to decide whether she can have a fourth term or not, which I think is a well. That's where I want to go. Yeah, that, that's important. Let's come back with Sir Martin on his uh, disunited kingdom. What you need to know right now is the tape deteriorates. Futures negative sixteen. Dow futures negative one thirty six. From Washington, Michael McKeon, Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. We are counting down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by SEI. Have evolving investor and regulatory demands affected your investment firm's operational readiness? Imagine transforming your business with SEI's global platform at SEIC.com slash imagine. Medtronic saying it'll buy Hardware International of Framingham, Massachusetts for about $1.1 billion, getting technology to treat heart failure patients. And Hardware International is up almost 92% this morning. The aftershocks of the U.K.'s vote to leave the European Union reverberating across financial markets after a weekend of political turmoil, with the pound extending its record sell-off and European equities dropping to levels last seen in February. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures lower, down 17 points. Dow E-mini futures down 142. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 41. The DAX in Germany is down 2.1%. The CAC in Paris and the FTSE 100 both down more than 1.8%. Ten-year Treasury up 28.30 seconds. The yield 1.46%. Yield on the two-year 0.56%. NYMEX crude oil down 9 tenths percent or 45 cents to 47.19 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 1% or $13.70 to 13.35.60 an ounce. The euro, a dollar oh nine nine two. The British pound, a dollar thirty one seventy one, and the yen one hundred one point five six. And Italy's government considering injecting capital into some lenders battered by a fresh sell off in the wake of the UK's decision to leave the EU. That's according to people with knowledge of the talks. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Michael McKee is going to come back with Sir Martin Sora. We are in uh, Washington, but I need to give some of the vectors, the first and second uh, derivatives to that wonderful data check uh, that Karen did. 210 spread is flattening out this morning. We really didn't see that on Friday. We did, but nothing like you would have thought. That changed this morning. 89 basis points. What you need to know is the curve is flatter this morning, and that is a new occurrence. The yen so far has been very resilient. It has not moved stronger. Is safe haven a 101.55? Yes, stronger, but maybe not like I would expect it to be. And we've got legitimate dollar strength, as Karen mentioned. Sterling has a life of its own. It has just spiked down to 131.61, low for the day, 131.58. So we're watching sterling, obviously, as a core uh, data point correctly. But, Mike, I would suggest, as, as Dean Kernett brilliantly said, I think it was on Sunday in this blur, you've got co- co- correlated markets away from equities, and then equities catch up, and we're seeing that. Right now, futures negative 18. We're starting to see a lot more correlation. So Martin Zoll is with us. He is the CEO of WPP, and uh, you are based, uh, Sir Martin, normally in London. Well, uh, no, you, London and New York, actually, to be fair, about a third and a third and a third, the other third. Uh, but, uh, the, the corporate, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get at the financial headquarters because yeah. the, the yeah, question the finan- I want yes, to ask. Yes, we're domiciled, yes, yes. That's yeah, the, the question I want to ask is how do you reorganize or do you reorganize the business to uh, to deal with uh, the situation in which you find yourself now, what are companies domiciled in the United Kingdom going to do? Well, you, you, you I, I think actually the answer to that is you have to wait and see. I don't think you make rash decisions or quick decisions on the. We have a decision on a referendum; it has to be implemented. We don't know how long it's going to be implemented. There are other other forces at work both within the United Kingdom and outside in Europe that you have to see through as we talked before before the break. But basically what we are doing or in the, uh, already doing as of Friday morning is we will ironically up our presence 
in those top four markets of our top ten, Germany, France, Italy and Spain, rather than reducing them. They're important to us because of their size and their scale and that they're four of the top ten markets. Uh, Belgium and Brussels is important to us because it's, it's the home of the, the EU administration, even without the UK. So uh, ironically, or paradoxically, we're actually going to probably going to invest more in those markets as a result of this fracture and, fi- and fission. Now, uh, to- as, far, as far as the UK is concerned, we have to see how it sorts out in terms of GDP growth and advertising as a proportion of GDP growth. Mm-hmm. How, that, how that turns out will affect our jobs and employment. Right. The number of people in WPP has increased to 17,000 uh, people in the UK alone in the last three or four years you- through growth. Do you buy the argument made by the Leave camp that as a uh, as a corporation you will be better off domiciled in London after a divorce from the EU? Well, you know, somebody the 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 CEO of the Leave campaign made the argument uh, on another channel uh, this morning that you know he he likened it to uh, American independence. I, where I found that analogy interesting. Uh, but a bit nonsensical is that we're uh, we're a few hundred years on, and the world has globalized. It is far more interconnected than in the in the 18th century. So it's a nonsense to make that comparison. Or in and, or in 1980. Absolutely, and we're not we're we're not isolated. We're all interconnected. I mean, for the Chinese <coughs> premier to make the comments that he made about the impact of Brexit. Uh, on the prospects of the Chinese right. economy in, is not of itself extremely interesting, bearing in mind that Britain has not penetrated the Chinese markets, our third largest market, but generally that has not been the case amongst amongst British businesses. Right. So the, the tragedy here is in, interconnection. The answer to your question about dom- domicile and where you'd be located, the, the banks clearly are going to be the financial services sector, which is so important to the UK economy. Services as a whole provide about a third of GDP. The financial services sector is a large element mm-hmm. of the growth of employment and jobs. Oh. That is the one that's going to be impacted and has been impacted by rumor already as of Friday. Right. We're so, seeing that with the bank stocks this morning. Yes, well, Australia. the banks are worried about their passports for right. activity. So, Martin, you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a card-carrying member of the British elite. You may disagree <laughs> with that. But no, no, I, I'm I, a second-generation immigrant, so, okay, so therefore, therefore th- this campaign actually was rather important for me. When, when you have dinner with, with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge in New York, I guess you're part of the elite. What does the elite need to do to change the dialogue and message with the people of your United Kingdom? Well, the trouble was the elite were talking to themselves. I mean, for the private pollster of the prime minister to say, to say that they were 10 points ahead on, on Wednesday night, you know, 55-45 for Remain shows how out of touch yeah. uh, we were. And if you look at the southeast of England, I thought it was fascinating that only five constituencies in the southeast of England voted to Remain. So outside London, in the southeast, which you would have expected just intuitively right. to be in favor right. of Remain. The older people wanted Remain, younger people uh, sorry, wanted to leave, and younger people wanted to uh, remain. So it, it was, it's a very split nation. Now, the answer to your question is, uh, is a very difficult one because there are bubbles. I mean, this, London is a bubble. It is driven by forces uh, outside the UK. Uh, and there has to be greater harmonization. And my own view at the end of the day is what this is all about is fiscal policy. 
not about monetary policy. What we've had since 2008, since Lehman, is a focus on monetary policy and close to zero or low interest rates. What we need is infrastructure investment, a, fiscal, a Keynesian stimulus to stimulate employment and reduce that inequality. Globalization is good, but you, we haven't been able to explain effectively the right. impact on car workers in Detroit when they lose their jobs to Chinese car workers. Can I ask? We, we have to retrain, subsidize, recreate, redevelop industries. And the other big issue is does the web and new technology create employment or destroy it? Can I ask you this as you go forward? Uh, what is uh, WPP, what is British business going to do about trying to influence the Brexit negotiations? Will you have people in Brussels lobbying? How, how, how does it work with a devolved uh, and yet semi-federal kind of uh, organization such as the EU? Well, it's, it's going to – the negotiations will take place at governmental level. I'm sure that there will be – governments will be asking on both sides for input from, from business. But essentially, it's down to the civil servants on either side to negotiate. And one civil servant used to be in the Foreign Office in the UK said to me before the election that we just don't have the resources in the UK – the talent, yeah. there are about 10 people, according to him, who could renegotiate these trade agreements. It'll take, in his view, and he was right in the teeth of it uh, before, before, uh, before he retired, it will take 10 years, in his view, to renegotiate these agreements. So the answer to your question is extremely yeah. tough. From a, We don't have the administrative capability yet to be able to do it. Now, Sir Martin, thank you so much. Sir Martin Sorrell was thank you, WPP, Tom. and we look forward to speaking him in our studios in London and in New York. Uh, is, well, Mike, we've got to do a data check here, extend it out a little bit. Mike, why don't you start, because I really don't know where to begin. Well, I'll start uh, Sterling? In, in the city with yeah. Sterling, 131.67. It's off its new low of 131.52, but it keeps grinding lower, as we said at the top of the show. And the FTSE is at uh, one uh, down 131 points, 2.1%. And uh, the correlation's rising with uh, U.S. futures as more people come into the office. Volume increases. S&P futures yeah. now down 17, 8 tenths of a dollar yen, finally a touch of strength of 101.55. That's a 0.67 uh, move. Nothing like sterling, but going the other way is a safe haven yen. 101.55. Let me get up Deutsche Bank here on the wonderful Volmer Bloomberg apparatus that we have uh, yeah. today and the basic idea of, of Deutsche Bank just just over <coughs> just over 12 euros down eight and three quarters percent yeah uh, with uh, a little bit of a fragile bid right now uh, SB futures negative 18 Dow futures negative 147 with more data checks this morning this Monday from Washington. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.